Hello there, you're welcome back to Colavari Creativity Series, a podcast focused on exploring the world of creativity and innovation. Welcome again to this special compilation episode from our interview with Paul Axtell. So this episode is basically a compilation of some excerpts from that interview. Let's listen to Paul define creativity. So I'm very interested in insights. That is the moment you and I, wow, I hadn't noticed that before. Um, so the first thing is insights disappear quickly. Five minutes. Unless you've got time throughout the day to reflect or to capture your insights. So that's one first thing is you and I have insights all the time about life, about people we live with, about ourselves, about what we're learning. But those insights disappear really fast. So it's hard to be creative and innovative unless you have some way of capturing your insights, your own thinking. The other essence of creativity for me, so this would be the second one, is I've never created anything except if somebody asked me to do something. So, it's, or traditionally you said that, you know, uh, necessity is the motherhood of invention. So if there's not a request, if there's not a demand, if there's not a milestone, there's no need to be creative. Uh, so to be creative, you have to be working into some kind of request or deadline. The other thing for me is the most powerful is something called connection. And a connection is when you and I make a connection between two different ideas. Now, it's like, how do you get different ideas to occur close enough to each other that you might make a connection between them? He also had something to say about designing conversations that allow for the flourishing of ideas. Well, we need to be clear going in who has decision rights about what we create, who has the final say about what we do. And even if a boss says, well, this is going to be a group decision, that's never so. The person with the most power in the organization always has veto power. But I always want to know where is the person who asked to generate this idea thing. I want to know where they are before we start. If they already have an idea about what they think should be done, there's no way they'll be open. And if you think about it, let's say that you have an idea for, you've got a school and you're a principal and you want to change the way this elementary school works. If you just read something or saw something on the internet or TV last night about people are changing their schools, you could open to the group and you'd be pretty open because you haven't thought about it, right? You just got the idea last night. But let's say for five years, you've been a teacher in other schools and you've been thinking about if I had my chance to have my own school, here's what I would change. Well, you've got four years 
committed to your thinking. For you to walk in and say, what ideas have you got about changing the school makes no sense because you are embedded in the thinking you've had for four years. So I always want to know where the top person is when we begin. Let's talk about stepping outside your ideas. And have one person bring a situation that they would like insight to. So they present the situation to the their colleagues. And then they step outside of the conversation. They're still in the room, but they're no longer managing. And the colleagues talk about the idea in front of them. And then at the end, the person who had the situation says, here's what I'm taking away from your conversation. Because the alternative is, well, I've got this problem. I'm wondering what you think. And now everything that's presented, that person has to respond to. Well, I've already tried that, or I don't think it would work in my classroom, dot, 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 dot. So you want the group to be thinking in front of you, but you are free to just watch and listen. But it's still your conversation, and you get to decide at the end. So there might be things you've already tried. There might be things that you don't think will work. If you express that, it will shut down the conversation. But you, if you don't have to do anything but just take it in and listen to it, then at the end you can say, and here's what I'm taking away from our conversation. Thank you. Let's hear this speak about the myth of the well-rounded individual. No one is well-rounded as an individual. No one exists that is well-rounded. We all have areas where we can always leverage on other people. Now, some of the most successful people that we admire if you really look at them, they are in fact highly flawed and dysfunctional. And I'll use examples from different uh, different areas. Um, so let's look at the the one of the greatest writing teams in music, Elton John and Benny Toppin. The most one of the most successful songwriting team ever in the history of music. Elton John cannot write lyrics. Benny Tuffin cannot write melodies. <laughs> so individually, both of them have flaws. But as a team, collaboration, as a team, almost perfect. Let's look at Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi is so one-footed. Um, there's, there, there's something that is called the, the ratio of your strong foot to your right foot. It means that for every time you use your strong foot compared to your right foot. So for Lionel Messi, it's 10 to 1. So it means that Lionel Messi uses his right foot once for every 10 times he uses his left foot. So let's understand that for Ronaldo, it's 4.5 to 1. So Ronaldo uses his left foot once for every 4.5 times. So in a way... Lionel Messi is flawed because he over-relies over on his left foot. And the tendency when we focus on trying to make people rounded is that we try to make them less dependent on that thing that we say it's a flaw and make them become more rounded. So mm. you want to make Lionel Messi use more of his right, right. foot because you are trying to make him well-rounded. But you know, 
what makes Lionel Messi Lionel Messi is his yeah, left-footedness. Yeah. You understand? His left-footedness. Yeah. yeah. So, so the more you try to work on his right foot, I'm not saying there's anything wrong. You take away something out of Lionel Messi. His uniqueness. His uniqueness. Yeah. I give another example in football. And um, there's a there's a footballer called Andre Pilo. I think over the last 20 years, if you if you want to name the top five midfielders in the world, he's definitely going to be there. He's what you call a deep line playmaker. He plays from the deep. He, he sits just in front of the of the defense. Now you need several skills to to play that part. One, you need to be very comfortable on the ball and ability to pass. But you also need to be physically strong so that you can help your defenders. You also need to be able to track back and, you know, um, mark other players. But at, aside of his ability to pass, Andre Pillow is poor with his... He, I mean, he he doesn't run very fast. He's not, physically very, he's not physically strong. So he has huge flaws as a deep-lying playmaker. Mm. But when you want to name the top midfielders that had played in the last 15, 20 years, you will name him. Now, the reason that was, was that for club side and national team, he had somebody who played alongside him, Reno Gattuso. Gattuso had the strength of like two people. So he compensated for whatever flaw, flaws um, Andre Pillow had, whether it was his ability to track back, his ability to run, his ability to mark that people. Gattuso had enough strength for two people. So as a pair... They were just exceptional. Mm. But individually, individually, if you yeah. look at Andre Pillow and Gattuso, they had, they had yeah. so many flaws. Yeah. My point is that you do not need to be rounded in everything to be successful. You do not need that. That's why you have a team. Mm. Here's something you'd like to know about insights on being remarkable. I also have another notion that it's possible to be really good beyond good. And in some areas of life, it's about talent. If you're a mathematician, it's good to be a genius in math. And some people have an ear for music that allows them. But for most parts in life, it's simply attitude, preparation, and practice. And you can simply, I once saw a quote, which is, you will never outperform the person who outworks you. And that is so. You will never outperform anybody who outworks you. And I like that because it's one thing that's in our control. We can outwork the people around us. And then if you kind of look at life, most people are not really going about it in a way that allows them to maximize their potential or have a lot of influence. Let's look at foundations of being remarkable. And so if I say, here's what I want you to take away from the training. Number one, it's possible to be really, really good at almost anything that you want to put in the time and effort. The easiest way to change behavior is to change your perspective. That's it. And effective people... If they're not looking forward to something, they change their perspective. They also read and expose themselves to people and they travel. Why? So the perspectives keep getting upgraded. So perspective is everything. 
within that, there are two perspectives I want you to get. One is treat everything like it matters. Treat conversation like it matters. Treat taking care of yourself like it matters. Treat the people you live with like it matters. Treat meetings like it matters. If you do that, you will be remarkable because nobody else is. Then the second thing in terms of perspectives, I want you to be responsible for it all. I want you to be responsible for everybody's experience of being with you. I want you to be responsible for making the homework. Um, so perspective. Conversation. Conversation matters, and most people aren't paying attention. Within that, it's listening, being attentive. Um, being present and the six fields of distraction. So you have to start to managing the world of distraction that is constantly taking you away from being present. Other theme, relationships. There are seven key ideas about relationship. The first one being all relationships are a set of conversations. You can look at the last five conversations. That's your relationship. Um, another idea is relationships are always in the process of running down, eroding. They need attention. They need time. Um, focus. You got the be here now part of the focus. But the other thing is effective people are clear about what they're about today, the next two weeks, and the next hundred days. They have absolute clarity about today, the next two weeks, and the next hundred days. And then the last piece in this theme of how to be remarkable is to be fully aware of the way human beings are designed to get defensive. Um, without that awareness it's difficult to hold on to the attitude that people are great. So what I say is people are lives, people are complex. Their lives are complicated. And you don't know what's going on for that person who's sitting in front of you. So much from that last except. Yeah. Um, I'm not, for me, the three points that stood out the most... Uh, one, be aware that people are designed to be defensive. Two, the easiest way to change behavior is to change perspective. And three, all relationships are a set of conversations. Thank you for listening to this compilation episode. This podcast is produced and edited by Joshua Praise, and the soundtrack is an original music by Justa Christos. The poster is designed by Faith Folari and Joseph Okafo. As always, have a very creative week.